Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Someone I met in 2002, 17 years and half my life ago, at the home of his now wife, Rachel, one of my oldest friends and in the music scene friends, Matt Lees. And our story and fun adventures and some not fun misadventures go to show you that someone who shares this much, and I'm holding my arms out wide like fucking this much, someone who shares this much, like so much in common with you might make an excellent friend, an occasional collaborator, but you can't necessarily be partners, especially not when you're both kids still figuring shit out. He lives in Wales, UK now, where he hosts his long-time podcast, Legend of My Spare Time, with JJ, and on the solo tip, with his new creatives chat show, Matt Lees Gets Creative, we chatted via Skype and individually recorded ourselves talking so Despite there being over 5,500 kilometers between us, what you're about to hear is going to sound like we're in the same room. High five technology. We've known each other a very long time, and it's probably been, uh, it's been many years since we've seen each other or spoken as well. So yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try to ace Ventura through this, but we met in 2002 at a house party at your now wife's. Uh, house in Kitchener. That's right. I met both of you that night. Yeah. And it's it's kind of cool now to see 17 years later, you're married and you live in Wales. And um, yeah. So, and it's crazy that the, the house we were at, as you said, is now my wife. <laughs> it was her house 17 years ago where we met. That's freaking awesome. Like the, the nerves will be going yeah, crazy. That's right. And there are three eras, three eras to our friendship. And the first three or so years we weren't doing anything too functionally in the music scene although we were both musicians and that's how we made our our connection as as friends and that era was uh about my favorite both because we lived in the same city and because we were just really good friends who had a fuck ton in common Mm-hmm. from rapping to recording ourselves talking to making rock music to the music that we listened to the movies that we liked and we were just good company mm-hmm. and then when I got into college and I got a bit busier I got way too in my own head I had an ego and we were both trying to be in the same scene and work together on putting shows together but I I know at most times I was like no I'm I'm the star of the show no I'm the star of the show <laughs> and um and then we stopped talking to each other and hanging out. It felt like uh, like just this unspoken distance grew. And that fucking sucked for me because I'm like, I'm being an idiot, but I don't know how to, we don't hang out. And uh, hmm. whenever I see him, it's kind of like we're getting along for legal reasons or something. But 10 years ago now, I bumped into you outside of Tim Hortons in Kitchener. We hadn't talked in a while up until that point, summer 2009. I think you might have told me in that bump in that you were going to be moving back to Wales. That conversation and the person that I was talking to, like the dust had settled in my stupid brain. And I'm like, yeah, this guy and I are friends. I don't know why we ever uh, felt tense around each other. Certainly more so on my, I'm speaking for myself, 
but I remembered that friend that I'd made at that house party and you just hung out with for the sake of hanging out. And it was like, yeah, but then you moved away and I, I don't resent you for that, but I'm like, fuck, if I only had more time to like hang out with you again yeah. and just remember why we were friends in the first place. Yeah. But we both podcast. I consider my, my podcast to be a bus and truck poor man's version of what you're doing with uh, ML Gets Creative. And um, you've been doing Legends in my sp- Legend in My Spare Time for a decade, at least. Since 2009, yeah. This is our 10th year. Um, definitely. Fuck yeah. Now, you got to let me... I, I also want to comment, obviously, on your the history as well. So uh, definitely, we go back a long, long way. And uh, I certainly never felt any sort of beef or anything like that. I think we were both stupid kids who thought we were going to be the biggest rock stars in the world. Uh, and unfortunately, there were two of us. So we probably both felt that unwritten or unintended competition almost because in your head you were like well i was going to be the guy in the local scene and now there's this other dude here and in my head i was like i was going to be the local guy and now there's this other dude here so i think it was just natural and again you know you you kind of alluded to it i think we were both just stupid kids man you know and that's just you know you you live and learn you know at the end of the day you grow up and friendship comes first you know yeah, and I think we also musically back then went in very different directions. Oh, yeah. So that's going to naturally pull you away. So I started playing with like Bondo and Jay Walsh, which to this day I always say was a fucking honor. Um, but then obviously you're playing in different scenes, different crowds. So you just kind of, and you're, you're busy in school as well while I was working at Dave FM or Chime FM or whichever one it was at the time. So again, like you said, strikingly similar. Uh, a lot in common. Yeah. But uh, now we're old men, man. Growing up is crazy. I know. I know it's like watching Trainspotting 2 which I only recently did and I'm like <laughs> I thought I was going to be recapturing my youth when I watched that movie it's like no they're old and I have yeah. to watch this this old yeah Mark I kind of feel like we're going to feel like that next year when we see the new Bill and Ted movie there's going to be this feel like did you see how old Alex Winter looks I mean with respect sir but yeah it's kind of how I feel with looking <laughs> at this Skype screen right now I remember how we used to be I saw the picture the other day with us where a show we did at the circus room we were young. We were so full of dreams and right. calm and stupidity. <laughs> and uh, it was good times, man. Like you said, uh, some of the best memories I have is that that period of us just bouncing around Kitchener and playing music. Um, it was great. It was such great times. And some, some crappy yeah. times as well. I'm looking at you, Circus Room. Uh, but uh, we, I had a great time at all that, and you were a big part of that. So for that, I am eternally grateful to you because no matter what happened, we were part of the same journey, and we took each other on that same journey. Good, bad, great terrible whatever it was i mean at any point it was a good time you know what i mean and we got further i think because we did it together i like to think so anyway yeah any 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 memory i have is golden because i only experienced any with anything because i don't feel that shitty anymore yeah i mean i'm hearing this a lot even doing matt lee's gets creative plug uh or talking to my other friends that are also old now too i think a lot of us have that conversation of like Hey man, if there was cross paths and beefs back then, I, I didn't mean any of it, man. And now that I look back on it, you know, I think we're all just becoming. There's a word I'm looking for here. We're all becoming very thoughtful and deep now because we're 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 moving on in life, and we're like, none of that really matters, man. Yeah. They were great memories. I'm grateful for them, and uh, yeah, we we had some great nights playing music, man. The boathouse. Some of those nights were some of the greatest nights of my life. Yeah, that's the that's the thing about the music scene. I will I will say from from the perspective of looking at our time in it because like we were playing at the circus room for a couple of years and then we found this place called the boathouse and that's like okay yeah this is this is enjoyable as i was always hoping it would be 
Yeah, I just, <laughs> and I still remember. I still remember the days when you and I would be excited by something where I'd say, "Hey, man, I can get us a gig at the circus room, and he'll pay us in bar tab." <laughs> and we'd both be like, "Oh fuck yeah, we're gonna get a couple free drinks, some chicken wings," and we thought we were like kings of the universe yeah. at that time. <laughs> but it was it was great times, man. You know, I I really don't care at the end of the day, but there are times when. I put my hand in the music scene as a podcaster. Uh, I think I'll edit this out. But like sometimes I, I like I know that my presence has been forgotten. It's only an idiotic part of me that would pay heed to that. At the same time, like, well, I have things that are more important now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And don't edit it out, by the way. I implore you not to edit anything out because I feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, I moved back here. Uh, and I immediately want to sort of dip back into the music scene. And of course, I have that preemptive thing of like, yo, I'm Matt Lee's, bitch. Everyone's going to know me here. Of course they don't. You know what I mean? Outside of Kitchener, I'm sure nobody really knew the name as much as I thought they did. But you get here and you're having to sort of like reprove yourself. So there's that moment of like, what do you mean you don't know who I, you, you don't know if, what? I can play anywhere I want, man. That's fine. Just give me a guitar and I'll show you. Yeah. So it ended up the first time I got a gig here was it was literally a pub that opened in the 1800s tucked up on the side of a mountain here. And I just walked up uh, with an acoustic guitar right when I first moved back. And uh, there was just a bunch of dudes sitting around playing acoustics. And I was like, perfect. So I just sat with them, started playing. And at the end of the night, the owner of the place offered me a gig. You know, Great. so that's sort of how you have to re-earn it. But the music scene here is totally different. I bet. Uh, depressingly different. Mm. Um, the guys getting booked are the guys who show up with a karaoke machine in a three-piece suit and right. sing Frank Sinatra songs, <laughs> which is okay, I guess, but not for a musician, right? You right. know, so there's, so you say dipping your toes in and there's just not much there or whatever. It's the same here. You know, I play for fun when I feel like it, but I don't do that chase anymore because I just can't, can't live up to that shit anymore where we used to just chase the next gig and chase the next gig and ch can't do it. I'm, I don't, I don't want to do a lethal weapon, but I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> you could also think of it like prestiging the video game term. You get rebirthed, but you have all the experience points. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. And now I just play music out of my little home studio surrounded by toys when and if I please. I love it. I, I've seen, I've seen some of the photos. I've seen the, the collections. I need Katie and I live in an apartment and I would love one day to have the the boy cave the man boy cave set up with all the yeah i can just look at i'm very lucky that my wife lets me do it <laughs> you know so yeah it's it's awesome it's one of those things that i don't know I, you, I, even back then when you knew me you knew i was new I, I was crazy about toys and shit like that so yeah it's just nice to have trinkets and memories and yeah. toys just so you know the, the things that matt and i are referencing are the fact that yeah in the in the 2000s we were fucking we were fixtures in the singer songwriter scene it took a few years but we were regularly playing at uh, local places like the circus room the boathouse even starlight a couple times and and by repeated show booking a bunch of them being like they were like matt lee's todd donald combo host like a show that a regular group of people attended and then more kept finding out. And that's, that's how we did what we did. I don't know how it works today, but um, yeah. it was working pretty well back then. And yeah. that's the, that's the fun we're talking about. Now you're creative in a number of ways <clears throat> of which we've both known since we met. I think we, I think music is going to be a main one, but tell me why you were obsessed with the hosting a show thing, whether it was online radio or radio or podcasting. It's probably the ego we were talking about, right? But 
From the youngest memories when I had like a tape deck, I remember recording like my own little mixtapes and radio shows that I wanted to host. So for as long as I can remember, I always wanted to host a radio show. Um, and that was just kind of, it became easier or more fun to do it on your own, AKA a podcast. Uh, but I definitely worked in radio and did that kind of thing. And, uh, it was the same with, ho- I think hosting music shows was more like just so I didn't have to talk my way into someone else's show. Right. It was just sort of like, well, fine, if I just book it and then me and Todd can do it and then we'll get some other guys that we want to play, sh- play a show with rather than go to someone else and say, Hey, can I play your show? Um, you know, so I think it came from that and right. not having to prove your, or being able to prove yourself maybe by booking it for yourself and then showing that you can kind of fill the room, albeit the boathouse, which wasn't, you know, the ACC or anything. But I think that was it. I've, I've just always had that vibe of wanting to create something. Uh, and most of the time that whatever I create needs a host and I just kind of fit right in there. I think. You know, I, I didn't even think of that. You <laughs> so you gave the internal. No, I just mean like if I want to do a, po- a documentary about drug control in the UK, I got to get some fucking guy to host it. So I might as well host it. I got to get someone to edit it. So I might as well edit it. And since I'm doing all the work, I might as well call it the Matt Lee's show. You know, as you know from my band, the Matt Lee's band. Yeah. Um, but like which the- later in life, you know, we've, we've talked about growing up and egos. I now regret always being the Matt Lee's band when I was playing with Jay Walsh and Wayne Bond. I, I wish if, if I could go back and change something, I would have picked a band name to play with those guys because I right. regret it being the Matt Lee's band the whole time. But anyway, please carry on. I know you'll get this reference, but the thing is, if you try to Marty McFly your life and you fuck up, then you will lose lessons and you might come back and then... Rachel won't be there because you changed something in the past that re- that resulted ultimately in what you have now. Some people call it time traveling. I call it Mar- Marty McFlying because I'm talking to you. I like it. Do you like the technical working of it and, and getting gear and, and uh, getting down to editing, even if it becomes tedious sometimes and feels like work? Yes, I do. Yeah. Especially with the new the newer podcast because I recorded the whole season first and then started cutting and editing it together. Smart. So it was more more fun for me. I don't usually do it that way. I'm usually rushing around and doing it by the seat of my pants. Yeah. But for that one, I wanted to make sure I was ready with an entire season. Some of it fell apart in the middle and some guests fell fell through, but I really like that part of it. I like thinking ahead of time and what music I'm going to use and what, what edits you can make and where's the good spot for the commercial break or whatever it is. Yeah. I do enjoy that entire part of it. And of course now with technology, our young minds when we met would have been blown by what you can do on garage band yeah. and a mixer these days. And I'm still using cool edit pro by the way, it's now Adobe audition, but I'm still using the same software. And if I, I, I dread to think what you and I back then, if we would have the access to the technology we do now, where would we be Todd? Right. I ask you, and now that who knows now that we're in the age that we have it it's also something that everyone has as simple right. as simple as getting your own website on geocities anyone can now make a podcast on their phone and it can suck that's right and they can still get the same amount of listeners as you do enjoy <sighs> but no as you this is a lesson from your uncle matt lee's folks <laughs> just because you have the technical ability to do something does not give you the permission or the right to do it so just because you have a microphone and an internet connection doesn't mean you should make a podcast. All right. It doesn't mean I have to like it. If you get 3000 hits a week, you son of a bitch. Cause you know how to fucking hashtag and shit. Look, I want to sidetrack for a second. Cause I'm annoyed by something specifically podcast related Go for it. There's these twins from WWE, the Bella twins. Okay. 
They're fine people. They're attractive. They worked hard. Yeah, fine, whatever. I'm not judging them. But they released a podcast the other day, okay? Shoots right to number one in whatever category they're in. Right. And as someone who's been podcasting to 2009, I'm kind of like... <sighs> <laughs> but anyway. For the listener who might not know... Uh, edit that pause out. Shit, I'm a fucking... Get your shit you together, Todd. I don't, you don't edit nothing. You should just get, leave it in. Okay. All right. Scars and all, as I say. <laughs> you don't use warts? I use warts and all. No, what was I going to say? I literally forgot now. Yes. For the listener who doesn't know, Matt Lees does two podcasts now. There was one that started in 2009, celebrating its 10th year this year, Legend in My Spare Time. This year, he launched his second, which is Matt Lees Gets Creative. I have to ask you because I want you to tell people what Legend is about, but in your experience interviewing people now and talking about being creative and all that, do you find it hard to get people to just have a conversation with you about it and not be so spring-loaded with things that they want people to hear them saying? I think there's a mixture of those kinds of people. I'll answer the second part first. You can't really control that. So you're either going to have an interview with a dude who is like that and you just have to kind of get through it. I have one specific one in mind for, I won't name, I won't name the person because I don't mean it as a negative thing. It's just a different style. I have somebody lined up for season two, which felt very much like an interview like that. Yeah. Uh, Rehearsed answer number three, you know, (laughs) Uh, and then I've had other conversations where they were surprisingly, um, personal and surprisingly just conversational natural you know candid yeah yeah candid very like for example biff naked was incredibly just like talking to someone you knew and then you get other but again you as the as the podcaster broadcaster or host as you'll know it's your job to just interview the person no matter what their style is because they're the guest they're the quote-unquote interesting one so it's their style you have to play to their style kind of like when you used to jam at the boathouse yeah. If somebody asked if they could play harmonica with you, you'd say, sure. And they'd go, all right, well, I only know this one song. And you go, great, we'll play that one song then. <laughs> so if that's their style, you have to adhere to their style and just do what, do what they say. Well, I agree with that. Let them lead you. But at the same time, like, we should be following our bliss, I feel. I, like, I agree with you. And at the same time, I, I also feel, as a podcast listener, I, I like hearing conversations. I like hearing interactions. I mean, we've both spent the better part of most people's lives out there now doing professional stuff and doing interviews. When it comes to indie indie music, people can do more shit with their own social media now than I can do with their interview. These bands, some yeah. of them did an interview with me and then they started a podcast. That's awesome. What did you need me for? Because like, if you come back, we're just going to have a conversation. Yeah. People listening, including myself, can hear oh, I feel like I'm just passively hanging out with these people. That's awesome. And that's what I want out of it. And that's why you'll notice my guest list on the creative show is totally different. Yeah. You'll have TV star and then you'll have a writer from Wales that nobody's ever heard of because the narr- the only narrative I want to talk about in there, the only idea really is creativity. And I say it all the time, but the gift and the curse of being a creative person, you know that I know you do. Yeah. I know you well enough to know that there's two sides of that. And the one side of it is fucking brutal and painful. Yeah. You know, sometimes. Um, but the, I want to talk to people that I want to talk to the conversations that I find interesting and I hope that everyone else will too, uh, rather than picking like, I wonder who'd get the most clicks. Cause I gave up on that idea many years ago. Cause that's torturous too. Yeah. You just have to go, what do I want to do for fun? I don't care how many listens it get. I'm not going to change the podcast world. There's millions of them out there. 
Uh, I just want to do a show I can enjoy and be proud of. You can tell when someone's not heart isn't completely into what they're doing. Fuck the fine line of, of trying to justify like doing it at all when you have other things to do or wanting to do it professionally. Well, you hear some, you hear some guests where you're like, why'd you agree to do this, man? Like you didn't, you weren't forced to do this interview and you're just like, you're miserable. I'm pulling teeth here to get you to talk to me. Why don't you just say no? Like I'm (laughs) right. I don't own you. I can't make you do it. So rather than do it and be a miserable SOB about it, why don't you just say no or do what the majority of people do? Trust me, I know. And just ghost me and don't answer. Like that's, that's what most people, when you look out for a guest, you get the ones that respond and then you get the no response. And I get it. They can't answer everyone. It still stings a little bit. Right. But don't do it if you don't want to do it. If that, you know, I've done it at conventions at comic cons. I've hosted panels yeah. with people where I'm like, why did you guys agree to this, man? Like you're, you don't want to be up here. It's clear. You don't want to answer these questions, Right. you're not getting paid any extra for this. So, you know, right. Right. Whatever zone of the production you you've completed, the episodes that have gone up are fucking fantastic. You do a great job. Thank you. And I could tell, I can tell for the most part, in my opinion, that everyone seems to be enjoying being on your show. Why wouldn't they? And which with Legends, after 10 years, do, do you, are you still excited about that show being what it is and what it's become over the years? Like, do, does it still make you happy? Does it still hit that, that spot in you? Look, it's like, it's, it's like my child, you know? I still love my child. Um, but that podcast started as kind of a study where uh, of musicians and independent musicians that's literally where the name legend in my spare time came yeah. from because on evenings and weekends we were legends, but the rest of the time we were going to school or working in factories and each episode was intended to be me and the musician buddies talking about the gigs that we had that week. Right. Um, surprisingly, I don't think you were ever on it. I don't, I don't think so. Just one of those times where the timing just never lined up. Yeah. Um, but that was the idea of that one. Now it's just kind of me and my best buddy here in Wales, um, shooting the, shooting the shit, talking pop culture. We look up interesting articles that we find and, you know, we enjoy doing it, but it's more me and my buddy getting to chat for a week and just kind of bringing up things that are interesting to us. That's gold. When things happen, like when I do have gigs, we talk about those things, you know, my passion project is definitely Matt Lee's gets creative, but the legend of my spare time is kind of like a hobby. I love doing it. Right. And just Johnny, my co-host, uh, makes me laugh. Uh, and we enjoy, do we get a couple, you know, we don't have a huge fan base, but we have, I, I hate when people use the word fan. I didn't mean fan. I hate it when they like all oh, my fans. No, my listeners, uh, they're, they're not a huge group, but they're a loyal group. And I really love doing it, you know? And, um, that's that one's that one's for fun and the Matt Lee's get creative as, as my wife says, that's the big boy podcast. That's the grown up podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's something I want to know, and it it's such an interview question that I'm like, oh god, I have to be that guy right now. But uh, just do it. I'll just pull a face at you. Something I genuinely want to know is uh, what would you say the highlight has been in your experience with the Legends of My Spare Time podcast? Ooh, there's there's a lot, man. I mean, this will sound like a token podcast answer or interview answer, so that'll help you out being cheesy. Uh, but at that least we're po- being meta about it. <laughs> yeah, well, but that that podcast changed my life, like legit. Uh, I met incredible friends through it. You know, of course, I wanted it to get millions of listens. I wanted it to become my job. I wanted people to be like, "Oh, you you host that Legend of My Spare Time podcast, man. That's awesome." Yeah. Uh, yeah, but. In reality, what I got out of that was some amazing friends who I'm still friends with to this day, who I still communicate with on a daily basis from all around the world. Literally, you know, that's that's the, the most 
amazing part for me uh, overall. Yeah. Um, but in act, like in literal, we had so many good times, man. We had times where the Reverend Jeffrey Davies and uh, Dick Van Douche, our buddy Tim, were gonna be at. They were at fisticuffs, screaming at each other, ready to oh, fight. Shit. And I'm like, I'm a broadcast kid like you, so I'm like, yo, I'm gonna keep recording. Like I'm not stopping the tape. <laughs> if they fight, it's going on the tape, man. So, um, and other ones where it was incredibly embarrassing and we looked like fools, um, but they were all. I love them all, man. And I always kind of made the deal to, to never uh, edit anything out and leave it all in, um, right. leave everything in. Uh, there's only one little bit that I ever, ever deleted. Uh, I didn't put out. Uh, and that was more of a moral choice on my own. Um, right. But other than that, I, I just, it was a lot of fun, man. It was really crazy. Um, I can tell you some of the embarrassing ones if you want, where we look like fools. Uh, we were at yeah. a live event, a live event at the Toronto FC ground again we blagged a lot in the uk here they use a word called named blag which kind of means just to bullshit your way into things so before you know from a blog yeah well yeah exactly so but all of a sudden we're pitch side at toronto fc interviewing players and different celebrities because we must have told somebody that we're a big time podcast uh excellent reverend davies used to love telling people i don't know if you know this but i'm kind of a big deal uh and he would legit say it with a straight you know the man so you can picture him saying that oh yeah um so all of a sudden there we are three of us uh pitch side and the girl who set us up with it says uh are you ready for the interviews i'm like yeah great uh, and I told Tim to stay with us because I'm not good with the names. So I'm probably not going to know who these people are. Right. So Tim all of a sudden disappears. So now I'm on my own. And the lady takes me into the room and introduces me to a person. And uh, I now have to sit with this person and do a fuck uh, a 10 minute interview. And hand on heart, I have no idea who this person is. Not a clue. <laughs> so I literally have to be like, so... Uh, do you end up in a lot of events like this in your line of work? You know, just trying because no idea. So we do this awkward interview that I'm recording on my phone in the middle of which this Tim dude calls me twice while I'm recording this interview. So I look like a complete <laughs> chump. Uh, and then afterwards he walks away and here comes Tim and I say, who was that man? And he's like, oh, it's Murray Foster from Great Big C. Oh, what? And I was like, oh, I didn't know who it was. I'm sorry. So terrible interview. Um, of course, I aired it because, like I said, there's only you air it. You know, uh, he agreed to later do a do a, a longer interview with me though. So either he didn't care or he didn't notice. So thankfully, that's good. That oh man, at the time it must have felt torturous. But like, if that were me, if me now was in that position, I would partially be excited about yeah. everything going wrong. Yeah. And capturing that, that would be more exciting for me than things that go right. Yeah. Sometimes. It's definitely better podcasting, right? It's definitely oh, funnier yeah. that I in it because of course I introed it and said I didn't know who I was talking to. So it's definitely funnier oh, yeah. that I didn't know who I'm talking to rather than me being like, So uh you like playing in the band there, do you? You play the bass I hear. You know, it's funnier oh. to be like, So do you like stuff? Because I don't know who yeah. I didn't know who he was. I feel like me now or you now could probably do an interview with someone having no idea who they are oh, yeah. and it would become a full-fledged interview but you would have to be a detective the whole time listening to yeah. what they say to be like yeah. oh yes i knew you were a football player that's right i knew that when you said the yeah. touchdown uh well I'm, listen man i like being honest with you so there's a lot of times at comic cons i'm doing a panel with like four guests i'm lucky if i know three of them man and i'm not exaggerating i just right. kind of my my number one lesson is let them do the talking Right. Partially because that's more interesting, but also because 
I'm not really quite sure who everybody is. Uh, one guy I mixed up in front of a, a crowd once, and I said something to him, like, uh, and a lovely guy, but I said, uh, so it must be exciting for, for you, for example. I have to say, for you, for example, because I don't know his name. Right. Uh, and I say, uh, it must be exciting for you, for example, for to have an action figure. You know, to have toys of yourself, man. That must be awesome, because I knew he'd been in Star Wars and Doctor Who. So I was like, he must have a toy. He then lights up like a kid, and he's like, I have an action figure? Uh, no, I don't know. Do, uh, next question. Uh, you know, so, and again, that makes better podcasting, because that's going to get yeah. a laugh out of the crowd when I make myself accidentally look like a, let's be honest, look like a dick. I've done it a lot. And listeners to Legend will know that. Many times I've said stupid things and made myself look like a bit of a moron. I once tried to bribe the host of, what's the music festival? South by Southwest? Something that like the that. Music? We interviewed like the director at the time yeah. and I remember we were talking to him and I was like, Hey, I got another question for you. He's like, sure. I was like, if I, uh, slip you a little CD ski and a uh, hundred bucks, uh, you think that'll get me into your festival thinking he would like chuckle and laugh along with me right. immediately. He was like, no, that isn't how it works. And I got very defensive immediately said jokes on you. I don't have a hundred bucks. And, uh, <laughs> Reverend Davies thought that was one of the funniest things he'd ever heard. Um, so, you know, but again, I have to, I left it all in cause that's what you got to do. Oh, that's gold. I saw an update. MLB music coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, I'm inclined to be all over the place because I know you will follow me, Matt, but the audience might not. You know, it's nice to be the interview E for once. Yeah. So I'm an open book, you know, so I'm, I'm happy either way to talk about anything you'd like. Okay. That was the very first bonding bro connection like and I, I fuck okay sorry i was just thinking about this yesterday this will be good i think with, with all our flaws guys we have um some interesting things about us that are just really really nice and kind of sweet a guy can can bond with another guy in two or three passes at the mention of something that's awesome like i'm in an elevator with some dude i don't know i could say uh i think i smell pizza Oh, dude, pizza, dude, pizza. Then you're walking out of the building. You're like, hey, I hope you get a pizza, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Just the mention of something. Yeah. Podcast. Most of my events like that would be smelling like weed. <laughs> Just going to put it out there. Like, what's up, dude? What's up, dude? <laughs> Allegedly. Right. Are, are some of your early influences still still rocking in your heart? Oh, yeah. I mean, you and I, the big thing was the Beatles, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, we used to literally just sit around listening to Beatles records, you know. So that's something that I don't think the kids these days do anymore, is that we would get together whatever evening it would be, put on Beatles records, and just sit there and listen to them. Yeah. You know. So Beatles, always a huge influence to me, especially John Lennon, always just inspiring but my my dad was always very musical or still is lots of music all the time so i had so many wide influences you know from like the beatles or to freaking jazzy jeff and the fresh prince back then you know so much there so many different things would inspire you um to be more specific what was the the video maybe video uh, the television broadcast uh no uh what was the thing that you saw or heard the song if you can remember maybe the album that at your youngest made you go, made you have that, that inclination. Is mean like, that's, that's me up there. Like that's, I, oh, I, I know I exactly the moment. I was very young. I was at Wembley stadium with my parents. No big deal. Wembley. We saw, we saw, we saw no big deal. We saw Elton John open for Eric Clapton. Oh shit. 
No big deal. No big deal. Then at the end, they all came out to jam together, and they brought out Brian May. No big deal. Holy shit. Now, I'm a little kid, so I will openly admit, I had no idea who these people really right. were, because I was too young. But I knew the music was good, and I knew, looking at my dad, and he had that look as he was looking up on stage. Yeah. He had that look of, like, amazement and enthrallment, enthralling, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's when I was like, like John Lennon said, that's a good job. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to be that dude up there. Uh, so that's kind of where it started, you know? How I could it be? A- was, was seeing that. Yeah. That that's totally a reoccurring thing that I might have noticed. We, we you and I talk about our own ego and how we learn as we grow up to let the only people being destroyed by it be ourselves and then to get rid of that too. But how can it be ego to fall in love with something that you want to do f- when the thing that you're actually falling in love with is the idea of being a part of making people feel something amazing? I think so. I think it's only in your it's only in the actions that you use and tr- you use to get to that goal, really. But the, so the goal is pure. The goal is innocent. Yeah, I think ego comes in when you kind of step off the line a little bit and kind of maybe maybe even hint at crossing lines you know you shouldn't or something like that. So okay. there's nothing wrong with being wanting to be the guy up there. Uh, but maybe looking back, there is something wrong with thinking: is his font bigger than mine, or is my lettering bigger than his? Like that kind of stuff is irrelevant. But maybe back then we thought it wasn't. So maybe those were missteps. But wanting to host a show and fucking rock the boathouse on a Friday together—nothing wrong with that at all, I don't think. Well, yeah, it's like it's taken. It's I mean everything: the 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 drive, the ego, the the goal, the everything. I think I combine them. They're separate things, maybe, but you know, it becomes a form over time. Like you have to chip away things, Mm -hmm. the things that don't belong, the things that are in the way of the perfect shape. And then you become yourself. We're talking about life now. Yeah. But it works in music too, man. You know, the most fun I ever had in music was when I let go and started listening to Jay and Wayne and Holler and making Matt Lee's songs in a band together with those dudes rather than being like it's four bars on this then it's three bars of this then it's a, it's just kind of letting the music go right and i enjoyed those songs more than anything else so that was an important lesson to kind of just ease off and let go uh and collaborate i guess you know that's a big lesson to learn mm-hmm. whether collaborating or not though do you have a preference not preference do you have a thing that stimulates you more between uh say being up on stage to making the thing I think everybody, we, a lot of times, even in the other podcasts, it comes up that it's like we're all really drug addicts, right. essentially. Uh, and the drug that we love is that buzz you get when you're on stage. Um, again, we talk about ego, and that's not where I mean for this to come from. But you and I both know the experience of having a room full of people singing along to an original song that we have written. We were there. Like we've both had that. <laughs> we've both had that moment. It's happened for you. It's happened for me. I've sat and watched it happen to you, and you've sat and watched it happen to me. So. That's the heroin hit or the, the, the shot of cocaine or whatever the hell it is. You know, that's the buzz that we're both addicted to. Yeah. You know, uh, and then you're all, you're constantly chasing that, you know, you can get the same kind of buzz when you mix a song. Like right now I've been mixing some new songs and collaborating online and dudes are sending, uh, gentlemen are sending me their files, you know, bass takes or drum takes or whatever. And once I'm mixing it into the software, I'm still getting that moment of getting like goosebumps or getting chills the first time you hear it. Yeah. And I know you're as OCD as me. So folks, by the time you hear a Matt Lee's or a Todd Donald song, trust me when I tell you, we've probably listened to it hundreds 
of times yeah. and ached over every split second in that song. It's too much reverb or it went on too long there. Just a split beat. Just take that little beat back. And I play things like that for, for Rachel, my wife, and she'll be like, I don't hear the difference, but I certainly hear yeah. the difference, you know? Uh, and we, we labor and we, we slave over those things. That's a terrible word to use, you know, but it is very difficult. And that's sort of like that curse and gift thing right. again, but it's worth it when you get that buzz of like, Oh, this sounds good. And you realize, not still got it in a way, but you get that moment of like, all right, cool. Because I always kind of had that underlying fear that it would be gone, kind of like a talent or a skill I would forget about. Right. So I'm always kind of kind of surprised when I go back to write something or record something and it kind of doesn't sound shitty. I'm always kind of like, oh, whew, okay, we're okay, you know? Yeah. Not saying that they, they sound like incredible songs, but they're still at that level that yeah. I guess I expect Any, from myself. The thing, too, is that we'll probably spend years after it's done and people have listened to it, giving them the subtext. Like, I, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not that proud of the, the first chorus there, but uh, I mean, other, th other than that, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. add more uh, things yeah. to the list. It's like, yeah, I, I'm not proud of the lyrics. Yeah. I, to be perfectly honest with you, Matt, I would be happy if no one ever heard the three records that I made. Because I'm embarrassed by myself. And that's, again, gift and yeah. curse, man, right? Gift and curse. Because you put your heart and soul into those records. And you look back at them, and you're right. It breaks down some of those two moments like, the hi-hat's right. too loud there. Uh, that guitar needs to be, it's out of tune a little bit. Because you're kind of like, it's defensive, I guess. And it's so, you know, a lot of times it comes up when I talk to people how hard it is to share. Because yeah. you're so open and you're so yeah. raw. You know, so you almost want to defend it constantly. And those, those records need no defense, man. They're great. You know, you put, you can tell you put your heart and soul into them. I enjoyed them. Uh, but I'm sure that for you, you're like, uh, cause I listen back to stuff that I did back then. And I'm like, uh, why didn't you just do it this way yeah. or that way? But maybe that's more about like learning and growing and going and look hindsight as they call it, I guess. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be helping you out or just doing something that's bland here, but something that struck me that I might've talked about recently. Speaking of the curse, we both have partners. We both have parents. The people that care about us most might not fall into the, the category of people like you and I who are, I'm trying to separate us. It's, it's you and me versus them, man. Uh, no, uh, uh, you and me for sure, to my knowledge are wired to create things. We are wired to be makers of things that can be shared or just to be made. And there is a stimulation, a drug effect to the pursuit of the outcomes, to uh, having the time or taking the time to make the things. Because it's not just like reading a book where someone can be just happy reading a couple chapters and putting it down. It's, uh, it's something that only people who are wired to create really understand. And I know you do. Yeah. If, yeah. But sometimes even from the people that care the most about us that are most important to us in our lives to just other people who you meet at work and they're just like, no, I don't listen to music. I don't, I don't do anything. I just watch the sports game and I work and I, I do nothing else. I don't get yeah. you. You can be happy. You no. can be happy without any creative yeah, yeah, inclination. Yeah. I fucking hate you. Yeah. And I wish that I was yeah. you because I think I would be a lot happier. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You said it. We're wired differently. Every time I talk to creative people on the other podcast, they say, I'm kind of different to everyone else. They don't really, no one really gets it except for us. Right. And I think that's what I refer to as the curse because we, people don't know the torture of, 
I, I haven't written anything or I haven't performed in front of a crowd and I feel withdrawal and I feel miserable because of it. And people think, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand yeah. that. It's like, well, you won't ever understand that. And I don't want to get deep right at the end. But as you know, I was very ill right. a few years ago. Uh, and uh, so I, it's all positive in the end. I always bring it up because I think early detection is so important. And that's a right. huge lesson I like to tell to people these days. But January 2017, diagnosed with cancer, surgery, chemo. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is during that time, you lose all your nerve endings in your fingers and your toes. Mm. So I literally couldn't play guitar. Literally couldn't. I was never great, but I literally couldn't. It was the moment in Back to the Future. You mentioned Back to the Future right at the beginning, and I'll loop it back around right <laughs> at the end when Marty's trying to play the hook from Huey Lewis, and he can't right. do it. That was me at that point. And there was a time where I thought, I'm never going to be able to play, create, sing again because I had zero motivation. I had zero desire. I had zero passion. I literally couldn't play the thing. Uh, so, and it's taken years, it's now 2019 and I'm only now kind of refreshing that passion, that energy. Uh, and I'm so grateful to the musicians I'm currently collaborating with for kind of pulling that out of me. But I think the point I was trying to make there was gratitude. So if you have this gift, which is also a curse, embrace it, give it the time when you can record, write, whether anyone's listening to it or not, make that podcast, paint that yeah. picture, write that song because you can't, you know. You know, I know earlier I said just because you can doesn't mean you should, but I mean that for shitty people. I'm talking like if you're a true artist who has the pain like we have, then just do it, man. Right. I record stuff that like my cats and my wife here, and that's about it, you know? Yeah. But I do it because I enjoy doing it, and I'm grateful that I was able to get through everything to now be able to look forward and treat it differently, I guess. Yeah. Be more gra be, be more grateful and be like, don't take it for granted that I can record a song with Jay Walsh because there was a time where I thought I may never be able to record with Jay Walsh again. You know, I'm not trying to be dramatic, but you know, we get older and we're very fragile and weak creatures really. So yeah. fucking enjoy yourself and embrace it, you know, I guess. You know how he cries all the time? Yeah. That's me in my old age. Just picture old Ric Flair. That's me <laughs> these days. Commercials, conversations, music, blubbering. You know what I mean? Listen, I love your brother. And Too. Um, I think um, I'm putting this out verbally because I, I don't know how it come across in text. But after having this conversation, which was very fun as well as cathartic, I want you to feel like you can... If you just have a pop culture thing that you want to talk about or nerd out about on the net, when I'm offline, just fucking message me and, and let's let's keep an online dialogue going and let's maybe just do this Skype thing again for fun. Sounds good, man. For the final final thought, not to get dramatic. Do you think life is beautiful because it is finite or do you think that it should just go on and on and we should live forever? No, I definitely, it's it's weird that we talk about this kind of shit because me and my my wife and I have talked about this. I wouldn't want to live forever, man. Yeah. I want to do my piece, see my ride, and then I want to fucking ride off into the sunset. You know, I think if it was possible and they offered you a pill where you could live forever, I don't think I'd want to do it. Yeah. I don't know if that's because I'm creative and it's that curse because I'm going to be 176 years old going, I'm making a new EP. It's going to be on YouTube next week. I think this is the song that's going to change my life. Get it no, on man. tape. <laughs> no, that's right. Get it on C CDs of back these days. No, I love my, I'm not saying it in a way of like, I'm ready to go. I love my life. My, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, Rachel, as you know, you know how long I've known her, 17 years at least, right? You know, so. At least. 
I'm married to my best friend and I have a fantastic life where I'm able to have toys and record music and talk to my buddies on Skype from Canada. So finite, yes, but beautiful, yes. And yeah. I know that's probably the, not the Matt Lees you remember because I was always kind of externally a, a grumpy, moody fucker. Uh, but I've also... I think I'm more sensitive than I like to admit too. So yeah, well, I mean, I'm very grateful and happy. I know myself better than I did back then. So certainly, yeah. If we're talking about back then, trying to justify the fact that we didn't know how to get to know people when we were younger, that's that's what it is. Well, we were too we were too awkward motherfuckers, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. When you put two awkward dudes together, it doesn't make them not awkward. It just makes them more awkward because <laughs> there's not one of us to carry the conversation because we were both awkward, that, right? So He's right, folks. Sometimes you should uh, fi- find a way to be awkward with people, you know? Yeah. You're sharing the awkward. And make a podcast about yeah. it. Yeah. Dude, we're chatting all the way from you being in Wales and me in Ontario, Canada, Technology is wicked. We made this happen. You're doing a little something extra, which I'm going to pitch to other people where you're going to send me your direct mic record and uh, I'll try to see if it lines up and we sound like we're in the same room. But this is my first time doing this and I I hope that you uh, Coffeehouse crowd listeners appreciated that I was doing another episode and uh, we'll continue very soon. Matt, thanks for doing this. Anytime, dude. And uh, you'll have to come in. Again, I record a few seasons ahead like you, but you'll have to come and do a Matt Lee's Gets Creative episode too. Anytime. And we'll reverse the cards and I'll interview you. Uh, it's going to suck, but uh, sure. Hey, we've been doing things together that suck for 17 years, pal. Maybe we should put one of those hip hop songs. <laughs> dude. <laughs> that we did. No, listen, if you got a couple of seconds of battery, folks, I don't think these files exist, uh, but. I have them all. No, 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 you don't, Todd. I mean, look okay, in the camera. No, I, look I, in the camera. No, you don't. Yeah, you don't oh, have those files. That's right. I was thinking about something else. That's right. But we used to make, <laughs> me and this dude here used to legit make rap songs in my basement. What, was it Lightning Kid and uh, T Bone? Yeah, and we and, <laughs> and and to make it even sweeter, we thought we were pretty good. So maybe yeah. you can coax those out of us, but please don't do that. <laughs> dude, I think your camera's dimming. I think your thing's about to die. So it's been really nice uh, to yeah. talk to you and cathartic, like you said. Uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, all the best. Stay in touch. And uh, you're the man, buddy. Thank you. This one's called Maybe I'm Not Leaving, but Baby, I'm Leaving You.
her inside She stood me up yesterday So I went out drinking all night Maybe I'm not packing up But I'm certainly not packing you Cause you, you just play me around Like it's your favorite thing to do But I'm over you Said I'm over you Said I'm over you Said I'm over you Told you before Stop messing around I had to tell you Kicking you out now, baby, yeah. My baby, yeah. My baby, yeah. My baby, yeah. All right, this is one. This is called Hostile You.
for old time's sake, this one's called Lois Lane.
Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock, in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.